You know I love to mix it up on this podcast, and that's why I'm so excited to be working with Absolute on this very special episode of Rain. And Absolute are doing exactly that. Hashtag Born to Mix celebrates the power of mixing it up in drinks, in ideas, and in life, all to create a better tomorrow with a series of creative collaborations. Absolute's first Born to Mix project is all about bringing together diverse talents in fashion to envisage a world where people can freely express their identity. Celebrity fashion designer Chet Lowe and digital duo IODF have mixed their talents with the incredible taste, who you're about to hear in this very podcast, to create a translucent second skin garment. And let me tell you, it looks sensational. You can experience second skin couture yourself virtually right now. So modern, honeys. And you can even enter to be in with a chance of winning this stunning one-of-a-kind garment. Just head over to at Absolute UK on Instagram to find out more. And if you are in the mood for some expertly made cocktails for the next two weeks, Absolute have a residency at the Box Park in Shoreditch. Be sure to check it out. Oh, and my order's a passion fruit martini if you're asking. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain and I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. The drag queen with the cheek, the nerve, the ghoul, the audacity, and all the gumption. Taste is here to start your engines in this week's episode of Rain. Taste shot to fame on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race UK with their fierce looks and fiercer one-liners. And let's not forget the iconic United Kingdoms UK Hun performance. Since Taste made the final, they have gone on to tour the world and take the fashion world by storm, including working the runway at the British Fashion Wars alongside Naomi Campbell. There is no stopping this queen, and today they look back on their formative drag and performance moments, including playing a dead pigeon, yep, really, (laughs) and they share their epic words on finding self-love and how drag has helped them find their power. This is one of the most chaotic, hilarious, and joyful episodes today. So I hope your cheeks are aching from smiling and laughing like mine were, and you sashay away, feeling just as empowered as taste. Now, crowns at the ready, let's rain. Hello, babe. How are you? Hello, 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 Josh. It's you, it's me, it's us. It's a glorious <laughs> morning. I've had my coffee. I've had a bit of beans on toast. True story, I did. I got a blazer <laughs> on. I got some tracky bottoms on. A do-rag on, some earrings, and I'm here for you loud and clear. Let's go, babe. What do you want to talk about? I just love the fact <laughs> you are fueled up by power suits, baked beans, statement earrings. That is just the way to live Always. a life, isn't it? <laughs> If it's not Balenciaga me glare, I don't want to know, you know? <laughs> well, babe, you have had the most incredible last two years. And we've all got a bit of a taste for taste now, haven't we, babe? Oh, you do. Do you want some more, baby? Oh, serve <laughs> it up for us like those beans on that toast. Ah! 
dripping in butter. Just for you. (laughs) Butter and ketchup, salt and pepper, and ding dong. Let's take it back to the beginning of Taste, the superstar that is. Oh, let's go there. I'm ready. I'm ready. When did you get your first taste for performance? My first taste for performing. Ooh. Well, you know, I just always remember just wanting to perform for my family and friends. Like, there would be, I remember there was a New Year's Eve pint. I'd always find, my mum had this, like, little wardrobe, and I would always find these long dresses. I'd always be like gallivanting around the house, trying them on, trying on your heels. And I remember when um, New Year's Eve, there was, um, what was it? What's that kind of note song? Can't get you out of my head. And I was actually on like, I thought to be on a stage, you had to be on a chair, just higher than everyone. So I was like, I'm going to get up on this chair in this horrible grey-blue long maxi dress that I thought at the time was stunning. And I'm just going for it. I'm just living. Can't get you out of my And I was like four. And then I would always go to like McDonald's and stuff, and I would always have like crazy little outfits on, like feather bows on my nippleages, lovely scarf on my mid mid my midriff, my midriff. I don't have a midriff; I got a waist. <laughs> my, down my little stomach, and I would like have all these little skirts going on. I just didn't care, but I was always pulling in front of people, and I loved it. And then I went to like a little stage school thing when I was like ten. Ah, oh, funny story. I was Buster Rhymes and Pussycat Dolls, don't you? Oh, you're living for that. Yeah. Now, you don't want, like, 12, like, like 10, 11, 12-year-old me, like, in, like, a hall with my parents, family and friends. I don't even know the words now, but, oh, my God, I don't think I knew them then either, but that was me. Always performing, always living it up and not giving a fuck. I've just always loved, always loved performing, always. I mean, it's just always been me. I did all sorts of stupid, stupid crap when I was younger, like, I was tap dancing, I was doing my contemporary, I was running around on the floor, I was pretending to be a dead pigeon, I was pretending to be the rain, the sun, the moon, the stars, and here I am now. <laughs> Key question, how do you channel being a dead pigeon? <laughs> Honestly, it's all in the way that your feathers move, because dead pigeons' feathers don't move, because they're dead, so you have to be really, really still, you have to smell a little bit, it's good if you've got like a bit of like vomit or spit on you. It's like, just get a nearby friend, just skip on you. It'll really bring out those tones, those apps, those flows, those curves and those ways, baby. <laughs> I should not yeah, have this... I should honestly yeah. write a book because the amount of shit that I talk, I mean, 365 pages, I can fill that in two minutes. How long have you got? Babe, <laughs> easily. But why were you even playing a dead pigeon? Walk me through why. Because it's 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 drama, you know. I just thought, what is going to be really off the cusp, off the old beaten track? A dead pigeon. Everyone wants to be like, you know, the waves and wants to be like a cloud. It's like, I'm going to be a dead pigeon and you're going to fucking live. And they did. Because it's me. <laughs> and giving a, <laughs> giving a species a voice that doesn't usually get a voice right. Like, where do you see you pigeons know represented? Gay rights. Gay rights. <laughs> That's what we're all about. I'm rights. trying to give the, give the dead pigeons their gay rights, okay? Because they don't have them <laughs> like we do. And it's really unfortunate. It's something that we should be talking about more, to be honest it with definitely... you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is, is going to be a, it's gonna be a fun time. It's going to be an absolute shit show in the last week, Josh. So just be ready. <laughs> oh, and about to I am time. ready. And I'm, but I just, and I'm ready. I love it, though, because I think you have such incredible energy and Thank it feels you. like it's really innate within you and it feels like now you're releasing it out into the wild that is the public domain which is so incredible what was your personal coming out moment and your moment as coming out 
as Tace as well, as this persona? I didn't really come out. I mean, my mum just asked me one day, she came in, smashed from a night out with the girls, sitting in the kitchen, having a little cup of tea before she went to bed. She's like, Tace, so you gay or straight then? What do you like? What are you into? And I was, I was like, literally like facing at the time. And I was like, man, well, I've not been with a guy yet and I've not been with a girl. So I'll try both and I'll see what I like. And that was really, it's like, it was just plain and simple like that. It was a very easy conversation. Because my mum my and dad have been very supportive, always have been. I've said it before. Um, and they kind of just let me, they gave me the free range to just do what I want and just be who I want to be and feel myself out. You know what I mean? And I... They never really asked direct questions like that. I think my mum only did because she was drunk. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think it was never really, it was never really a problem anyway. Um, so I don't, like, I don't remember a day ever in my whole life being like, mum, dad, I'm gay. Or like, you know, this is me. Like, I've just been me. You see it, you like it, you don't. Do I care? Not really. Let's move on. But I've had a great family, great support network, and they've always just let me do what I want. So I've been very blessed and fortunate in that way. And then in terms of like coming out as, taste i mean that's my name that's the name i was born with the same my parents gave me there's no you know it's not like a drag persona i'm hiding behind so like you know my name's priscilla pussy flaps it's just taste that's me and i was like why am i gonna change something that's already quite unique you know it's a camp name Bye. it's me i'm not a character in drag just me with a bit of slap on it's just me with a bit of face on so keep it as it is keep it simple i love that and like i was saying it's so amazing to see you like find your power on such a huge stage like you are now. And this podcast is all about those moments where you find your power. When Mm. have you felt the most in your power as the queen that you are? I mean, to be honest with you, I get, I got my life from a lot of inspiration from watching powerful women on stage when I was a kid. So it'd be watching like my Janet Jackson's, my Aaliyah's, my Sierra's, my Grace Jones, my Beyonce's um the Chardes, like and then all these like really cool guys are like you know david bowie prince michael jackson like all these really flamboyant kind of didn't give a fuck attitude did their own thing down to the beat of the wrong drum that's always been me um and i think to be on stage doing what i've been doing for the last couple of years which has been amazing like only just like touring for example oh my god drag race tour like that's been it seems like it was about a year long tour. It was a lot of shows, like 42 <laughs> shows. But honestly, it was amazing to be out every night and see, well, the meeting creates a one thing. It's just so weird to meet, to think, just to me the concept that there's going to be like a queue of people for an hour and a half waiting to see you for three minutes, not even that, a minute and get a picture with you. And, you know, there are people giving you gifts and they're crying and they're like so inspired and their parents are emotional and all these things. Like that's just such a meaningful moment for me because you can really see like how you kind of like touch people a little bit and then even more when I'm on stage as I said before like I've always been inspired by powerful people on stage and they look they, they give you when they're performing and like the the power not even it's not even about fierceness just about power just the power that people can hold by just being who they are and how they want to be on stage inspiring people like myself who they inspired at the time and now I can be on stage and kind of do the same thing to these little rascals in the front row with their mums, like with lashes on and they're like 10 years old. Like that, like 10 years ago, that wasn't really like it is now, you know? So it's, you've got me and other people and other great people in my cast, for example, that are kind of like not paving the way, just another little cog in the wheel, another brick in the wall, you know? And we're doing things. But I think that's where I find my power. Like when you see, you get that reaction from people like this, like my phone's being weird. When you see people from just in the crowd, just living it up, you know? Mm. how liberating has that been for you to have that experience and what has it kind of helped you let go of 
as well, would you say? I've never really took myself too seriously, but I took drag or like, I guess like the the way I wanted to look physically going out and stuff into the world. I guess I took that a lot more seriously than I do now. I try and just have a lot more fun with it. I think before, and just you know I think it's hanging around all different kinds of drag queens as well. Like all like you've got look queens, comedy queens, you've got you know all these different spectrums, and I think it's just so much better in drag just have fun and be yourself and inspire other people along the way rather than how it'd be so like oh my god I have to be like this and have to be like that and I have to like have this on all the time and I think yeah you just get liberated when you just like let go a little bit you know what I mean don't take shit too seriously have a good time and like I said just like try and touch some people when you can even if you don't even mean to sometimes when you do I think those moments come out when you just kind of let your guard down you be chill you like you're not afraid to be a bit stupid. Like, I'm not afraid to be stupid. I'm not, I'm not afraid to act a fool. I'm not afraid to trip up. I'm not afraid to, you know, post a stupid video or whatever. And I think it's also like just breaking that kind of stigma as well that people can look a certain way but not be a certain way, you know? Like, I'm not trying to go around being like, ooh, my nose up everywhere and I'm better than you and this and that. And that. I'd, rather be, I'd rather be like the most fun, funniest, stupidest person in the room. But look a million bucks and switch that <laughs> narrative you know what i mean if anyone's gonna do it it's gonna be me <laughs> oh babe i think you're already doing it <laughs> very grace jones energy me that's what i've always known grace jones energy she's just crazy and i love it but she's gorgeous. i mean you're repackaging that for a whole new generation taste jones the love child of grace jones <laughs> grace in your face taste in your face <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first it was meant to be what i think so great about drag for drag performers and also as someone who like loves watching it it's just it is that feeling of like liberation and just having the most optimum level of fun you possibly can i think that can really help a lot of people with their own discovery around like self-love in and out of drag as well because i think as well it must be amazing to like let go of so much stuff on that stage, in those moments. How would you say it's drag has helped you with your journey with your mental health and mental well-being? So I, when I'm on, like, when I'm on stage and performing, I, I've always, like you said, I got, it's like what you let go of and things like that, I guess. I do release a lot on stage, physically. Honestly, mentally, I just, I'm in my happy place. I'm in my happy place when I'm on stage. It's what I love to do, it's what I love to be. I'm, oh, there you are, hello. I'm in my, like, total, like, music video, like, element. And I think, if anything, I just kind of let go of whatever little stress I might have in the day and put it on the stage. But I put that into, like, my moves. I put it into my face. I put it into my emotion. And it's never really anything that deep. It might just be, like, you know, Ginny Lemon was hugging the dressing room too long or something like that. Or, or Horace stole my wig or whatever it is. And I'm in a little bit of a mood. So I go on stage. I do my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I let it out and have a great time. And then I come on stage and I feel fine. But mind you, I don't have any problems with Jenny. She's a gorgeous little angel. I'm going to take her to Balenciaga soon. She's been gagging to go. <laughs> but um, no, I, do you know what though? Actually, one time, talking about my one time when I was on stage, because I'm not really, I'm not really, I don't think I'm that emotional, you know. Which I don't know if people find surprising or not. Like I'm the, I'm, I'm not really like, like a leaker, like a crier, and that's healthy. And I probably should cry more. But I just naturally don't. I don't know why. Like I, I've been, I've been, I've been at you know funerals for families, and everyone around has been crying, and I'm just sitting there like, why am I crying? It's not really what my body does. I don't know why it would happen in, in the odd situation. But there's only been one time when I was on stage and I cried, which was when my family came to a show in Cardiff. It was like a 
a year. It wasn't for the Drag Race tour, it was for a United Kingdoms tour. And my family came, and I think we're just like looking up and looking at my mum to see how proud she was of me. Um, to be to be there to like actually see it all happen. Like it's one thing to like, I guess, see things from a distance, like see it on tally or see videos, or see people talking about you, or see things like this. But to be there and like see the fan reaction and to be on stage and like have that whoop and the ch- and people chanting my name and things like that, and to have my mum, my siblings, and my dad and be so proud. And I was like, oh, she got like all choked up. But honestly, my mental health is pretty good, to be honest with you. I just get up in the morning, I think, and my dad, no, then I'm doing all right. Get up, have a good time. Don't know anyone along the way. Look fabulous. Smell good. Keep it moving. (laughs) (laughs) Keep the brain feeling good. Keep your smell smelling good. That is the motto. You've got to keep your energy up. And that's what you you said earlier, like energy. My energy's up. My energy's always been up. And I try and keep it. I try and keep things positive. I try to keep things light. I can get deep sometimes. You know, I'm just a cat bitch. Patricia, shut up. It's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia just wants to get her opinion in there. <laughs> she really does. She's like, I got something to say. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be mixing up for this episode with Absolute as part of their hashtag Born to Mix creative collaboration. Also, don't forget you can wear the gorgeous second skin outfit yourself as modeled by Taste and in collaboration with Chetlo and IODF virtually right now. That's not all because you can enter a very special competition to be in with a chance to win this IRL one of a kind piece. Just sashay over to the Absolute UK Instagram channel for all the details. Plus, if like me, you love an absolutely fabulous time and fancy some expertly made cocktails for the next two weeks, Absolute have a residency at Bucks Park in Shoreditch. So be sure to check it out. What would you say to someone who wants to sprinkle a little bit of taste confidence into their lives? Well, I've said it before and I've said it again and I'll say it again. You get up in the morning, you look up in that mirror, dead in the glass, no frames, and you say, I'm an absolute hand, and everybody loves me. You just give yourself that in the morning. You spray yourself and you say, you smell fucking good. Now get out there and get that Greg's, you know? <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's little things as simple as that. It sounds stupid, but it's true. And it, like with other things, just go out, do things for you, be a little bit selfish, but don't hurt anyone. Don't stack on anyone's toes. It ain't that serious. Have a good time. And if you're feeling sad, it's all right to be sad. Sit in the sadness, wallow in it, marinate in it, let it coagulate, rub it all over your body. And then in an hour, shower it off. Have a shower, clean your room, go talk to a cat, go talk to a dead pigeon, go get a Greg's, write a book, write a poem, spray yourself with something nice, go to Selfridges if you've got a bit of money, get yourself a nice little ring and live your life. I love that. Basically, just get out there and get that Greg sausage roll. That will sort everything out. Honestly, get out there, get up and get get happy. Get out, get up and get happy. That's my new slogan. I'm going to tell you now. Wait, isn't that when I'm ready for my ad fab? I don't know. But anyway, it's mine now. I took it. Sorry. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Patsy. Get up, get out, get happy. you got one life. Live it. But it's true. Like, if you, if you feel like shit and you sit at home all day, staring at, like, a gloomy British sky, and it's like... You're just making yourself depressed and more wallowing that depression. Like, you're not going to do anything good for yourself, are you? Get up, smell the hummus, and live your life. <laughs> you got it. You got one life. Get out there and live it. Some people can't even get up and get out. You know what I mean? You've got to be, for- be grateful for what you got, mama. 
Babe, I mean, they are some inspirational words if ever I've heard them in my life. I told you, my book's coming out soon. Be ready. <laughs> Babe, it's going to be the size of the yellow pages. There's going to be so much sprinkled in it. It's going to be thick. Bible scriptures, Genesis, Exodus, Tasis quotes. The New Testament 2022. <laughs> the second coming, as you will. <laughs> I fucking live. Let's do it now. <laughs> Come on, Waterstones, let me hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, babe, speaking of supporting and inspiring others, you are now working with Absolute. And as a brand, they've always ensured their forward thinking, progressive their work, making those statements. And this is why they've naturally launched the platform Born to Mix, which is all about creative collaborations, celebrate the power of mixing it up in drinks, in life, in ideas, all to create a better tomorrow, which is what we're all about, that bright future, that getting up, the getting out there that we've all been talking about. And when do you think is a time you've truly mixed it up in your life and took the plunge into something new? Ooh. Well... There was one time I had a tin of Brownstones and it wasn't Heinz. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> when it was there a time that I mixed it up in life? Honestly, this year, just touring around the whole fucking bloody place has been mixing up enough for me. I started this year doing Drag Race tour for like 20, 21 odd shows, then went to Australia, was there, did that up. We did like Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth. And you know what? Australia's so fun. Such a different place to go. Such a different vibe. The heat's there. The man of fit. The women are gorgeous. There's kangaroos. And I mean, that was, that was very mixed up for me. I was fucking living my life. It was gorgeous. And then we came straight back. Had to go on the second leg of the tour again for another 21 shows. Bloody non-stop. And now having a bit of a break now. And then I started to go and work with um, Chair and the IODF on this amazing, amazing campaign with Absolute and dazed and the videos came out so good and we have a catwalk event on the 11th of may it's gonna be gorgeous and it's gonna be a lot going on in box park um and chatler made the most gorgeous outfit the one that we saw in the video um that i kind of created with him but i gave him a lot of like what this is what i want this is where i want it to go sketches and stuff um and he's going to be having some other looks on the day as well that i'll be wearing and it's going to be gorgeous are you coming oh it's Babes, of course. I'm going to be their front row screaming my tits off, babe. Yeah. You can try, yeah. Anyone there can try on the um, the outfit as well. It's going to be on an app. It's going to be on all the technical stuff that's going to be happening that the girls know about. I'm not as technically inclined that way, but they know what. Oh, it's a gorgeous man outside. Hello. Um, yeah, it's going to be camp. So come through, mama. And let's mix it up. I just love how we're recording this podcast and you're also still finding the time to window shop. Oh, it was a big window. Just right never stop. Beautiful front street. There was a gorgeous man. It would be a, it would be stupid not to look. Stupid. <laughs> stupid, I tell you. Stupid. It's all about taking the landscape. Do you know what I mean? And the local monuments. <laughs> it really is taking in the local delicacies. You know, there's your ice and home delivery going up. We, we get we get by down here in Stratton. We got some things going on that you wouldn't know about. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I used to live in Streatham Hill. I know what's going down there, if you know what I'm Oh, saying. you know, you know. No. See you at Starbucks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
one of the things I love about this campaign is it's all about celebrating community and collaboration. And I think especially being part of the queer community, that is such an amazing moment when you find your community and you realise how powerful collaboration can be. When do you think mm-hmm. you found your community? Oh, my community, my people. I mean, Mama, when I moved to London, definitely. I think that's where I found, like, my my chosen family. Not that my fa- mother, I hate my family. Like, fuck you, family, I hate you. Like, I love them. They're sick. Um, but they're all there. They're living their life. And I wanted to move. I mean, I wanted to move to London when I was 16. My mum was like, no, it's not going to happen. You need to wait till you're 18. Um, and I came anyway when I was 16 with um, a friend. I, to, I went to, like, eight modeling agencies around London. I stayed at Holiday Inn. <laughs> and I just went to all these morning agencies and every single one said, no, you're too young, you're too skinny, you need to put some weight on and come back, but you've got good bone structure. So come back in a few years. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I was a bit annoyed by it. I was like, oh, squish, squish, cry, cry. Um, and then 18, I moved to London and I, I've worked everywhere that you can think of. Like before, before Drag Race or anything, honestly, like I, I, I've nearly fired for myself, always late, never on time. <laughs> but I've worked in like, you know, you're all saints. I've been dead filing for like lawyers and offices. I've cleaned toilets. I've bartends like three different bars. I, I, I was that bitch on the street with the um, with the GRI, um, this with the um, the wristbands, wristbands for heaven. Oh, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been there, girl. I've gone around the towns and everything. And on the way, I found my my like my good friends, my good friends, and. Just like not even from good friends to friends I don't I love but I don't see all the time to club acquaintances but I love I love them all the same when I'm there I think it's just I've lived in there for ten years so I think I've naturally just the family around me just grown and grown and grown I have an amazing um, close knit circle of my housemates that I live with I used to, used to live with a horror she's moved out now but like and like, all the friends I've met from drag race well, I think that's just like my circle and my community of people. And just like being in this world with like fashion, music, technology, that trifecta, like it all coming together. It just smells so much sweet with this campaign that we're doing now as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be camp. Yeah. I think that's what's so interesting about what you were just saying, because this uh, hashtag born to mix create collaboration. The first one is called the second skin couture art, darling. And it's all about mm-hmm. aiming to challenge existing stereotypes and perceptions of fashion and provide like a vision of the future, right? Because I yes. think that fashion has been very guilty of not making space for everyone in the past. And now we are seeing, you know, we're seeing chairs pulled up to the table and people making space for other people. What kind of outdated stereotypes around fashion and gender affected you at different times in your life, would you say? I think for me personally, um, gen- gender and... Gender wasn't really my issue growing up in fashion at the time. It was honestly just, um, just like diversity, diversity in fashion, diversity in modeling. Mm. That was something I struggled with watching and seeing. I because I'm such a fan of catwalks and fashion and modeling, and I would always sit. I was always stay up as a kid, like watching fashion TV. Do you remember like the diamond in the corner? Oh and it my was god! Be, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just called the FTV or fashion TV with the diamond in the corner, and it would just be straight endless streams of fashion shows, all sorts of. And I would honestly say it religiously. Um, that was where you would find me in front of the telly. If it was not like Janet Jackson or Grace Jones or Beyonce or something, it was me watching that. And I'd be up to like four o'clock in the morning when I should be, you know, in school in like three hours watching these shows. And 
even only now, like in maybe the last five years, things have kind of been changing. But like, it was always like, you know, 37 white models and the token black model and token Asian model, like, and it just wasn't good enough. And I think that was where my anger always came from with watching things like that. It never really came with age or gender, but it was just seen because it's kind of, it's literally so, no pun intended, black and white, you know? It's just like, it's, you stick out like a sore thumb when you're watching a show of like 36 white models. And it's like, why is there just one black model? Why is there not, why is it not equal? Why is it not, even if it's like, why is it not 10 this and 11 this or whatever, like some kind of easy, you know, it just, it would just be like kind of like a slap in the face. And you kind of feel like you're not good enough or you're never going to be able to do it. Or why would they pick your, you know, you have to work like not once, not twice, not three times, but like 27 times is hard because you're going to be that one person in the show with 28 other models. So that was where like my heart would break a little bit for like the fashion community in that way. Um, and just praying and hoping that things would change in the future. And I really do think they are now, which is amazing, but it's never like done and it's never over. Um, but for me, for me, for example, me wanting to do what I want to do and being on runways and doing all these things, that's one more little chip in there, you know what I mean? So I'm trying. I, I know the world is trying, but that was where my like heartache and heartbreak would come from in the fashion community. But yeah, as I said, she's getting better slowly but surely, baby. I mean, you are chipping away at those walls and smashing through it. The themes around this idea of like this second skin couture, it's just so fab because I think it really inspires people to be comfortable in their own skin, right? When did you feel comfortable in your own skin for the very first time? Can you remember that? Do you know what? I would love to sit here and give you a whole big sob story and cry, but honestly, the minute I sashed out my mum's foof, I knew. I knew. I was a camp house bitch, and nothing's going to change that. No way, no how, no chicken cup, no chicken pie, no chicken cow. It's not going to happen. It's me. It's how I've always been. And I, I want other people to feel that and get that vibe. So if they don't feel it and they need to feel it, I'm here for them. And I will be there at that event on the 11th of May, ready to go. And like I said, set the skin tour. Everyone, everyone, everyone could be a part of it. Everyone can try on the outfit. There's going to be multiple outfits. There's going to be an app. Anyone, big, small, black, white, a cow or a cat. You can have it on, baby. And you can have it all. Spiky, sexy letters, the whole thing. House down boots. So be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think it's so great what you were saying earlier when you think back to the younger you who's going to these model agencies and was told, you know, you're too skinny or too this, come back in a couple of years and try to put you into these boxes and these categories and this vision of what they thought masculinity was. Mm-hmm. Do you think drag has really taught you to have a very positive relationship with your body image. How's drag changed your relationship with your body image, would you say? Do you know what? That's a funny question, because I think when I was younger, I never really cared about how slender I was until I then walked into one of the agencies. And it, like you said about, it's people putting people into boxes and it's just all very like, um, oh, like you have, to, you have to have these big broad shoulders, you have to be six foot, whatever. You have to like have these big pecs and abs and like that. But, like, but not all men look like that. And not all women look like one thing either, you know? It needs to be more than just a man and a woman that looks like this one body type and this one body type. It's so much more than that, you know? Whether you're larger, smaller, taller, shorter, like you have to, there has to be some kind of representation for that. Um, but when, before money, I never had a problem with my, with my body. I don't now either because of drag and other things in life and just me being the camp old bitch that I am. That's just like, you can't, you can't let these things get you down. You know what I mean? 
but it was only then and that I only had that little complex from my body then just going in swaddling because it's other people telling you that you're basically not good enough um but I think going into drag and doing drag professionally as in my performing and then finding my community my drag community and being with them all the time and and I guess just being on stage and kind of like you you learn to love yourself and you learn to appreciate yourself and all these little flaws and kinks that you may have so drag definitely happened with that a bit but I think just going through life in general you just you get a thick skin you go up you slap yourself across the face and you get the fuck over yourself and you have a good time because life's too short and that's that's what I did anyway I love that. Because I think actually that's so great that you have that such great faith in yourself. Because I think in moments like that, so many people just decide, okay, it's not for me, I'll stop. Whereas you've just like pushed on through, pushed through anything that was in your way, skipped over those hurdles, and you're here today living that best taste self. Exactly. And it sounds easy said than done. And I know it is easy said than done. But it's something that I think everyone at some point kind of has to do. Like you can have all these self-help books and you can have all these mantras on your wall and you can play all your music to the cows come home, but you've got to like believe some shit like really in yourself. So if you chuck all those elements away and you've only got you and your own brain to deal with this, you've got to like try, kind, kind of train yourself to be like, no, I am going to get over this shit because if who's going to help me to do it? No one but me. It's my body. It's my mind. It's my mental being. And I've got to get over it. No one else, no one else can for me, you know? So it is kind of like yeah yeah we'll just get, get up and get over it but you kind of do just have to get up and get over it if it takes a night a week breathe what's that song from Alicia Dixon breathe slow count one to ten eyes closed oh. keep your composure <laughs> the Brit Award nominated song honey that was a bop <laughs> well babe it has been sensational talking to you today. But we always end on one final question. That is, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you'll always live by? What is that one rule? I mean, you've got so many of them, babe. <laughs> Give us the one mantra that is for you. My one rule to live by would always be... Well, it's, it's, it's one rule, but it's, it's a sentence. It's a paragraph, if Love you will. it. So my one rule to... just what well, wait. My one rule in life. My one rule in life would be... Get up in the morning, get the fuck over yourself, slap yourself in the face, make yourself a cup of tea, maybe some beans on toast, get up and smile, and live your life, because you got one. The fucking live it, baby. Well, thank you so much, babe. I've literally loved talking to you. It's been pure joy. My cheeks are aching, let me tell good. you. There you go. That's a good face gym for you. They'll be nice and pumped later. Love it. Thank you so much, honestly. You You've are been so, so welcome, my love. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcast from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.